Welcome to The Bridge. Fun conversations on culture, life, and everything in between. Hello, everyone, and welcome to The Bridge. We are a show that connects East and West. I'm Jason, originally from California. I am now located in beautiful Wuhan, China. And today with me is Bebe. Yes, hi, this is Bebe from Beijing. You know, saying all this, I feel like we can just record it, you know, push a button <laughs> and it will play <laughs> for the start. <laughs> you know, there are parts of the show that are exactly as you're describing. Them. Yeah, but anyhow, we are actually saying it live. <laughs> uh, we're actually saying it fresh every time. Find us where you get your podcasts. If you like the show, then consider pushing the like button or giving us five stars. Suggestions, comments, anything you would like to share, email us at welovethebridge at gmail.com. We love the bridge. So, Jason, what are we going to talk about today? I read an article about a man. He went into a, a store. It's called a Menards or a Menyards. I'm not sure. It's a kind of lumber store. I guess that it must be new or it's not in California. Oh, so it's not in China. Oh, it's no, no. This is in the U.S. In the U.S. And this man okay. went in and because he was asked to wear a mask and didn't want to wear a mask, he took a piece of wood and he hit the employee in this store several times in the head, knocking him down before leaving the store and then being chased by the police where he assaulted a police officer and is now serving time and will have to write letters of apology to his victims because he refused to wear this mask. His wife says he has some, maybe some mental issues on top of that. It sounds either it's mental issues (laughs) or like anger management issues. I I don't think it's just about a mask. (laughs) I think he probably has penned up problems in his life. And this is just one outlet. Yeah, because yeah, if you're upset about the mask, maybe you get into an argument. A lot of people seem to do that in the (laughs) United States. But assaulting an employee and a police officer, a little more than just having an argument. Yeah, I mean, that's um, when once it elevates to assaulting a police officer, isn't that like serious? I mean, I think he's only going to actually serve one year, so I'm not I'm not actually sure, like all of the exact details about this. man. When I when I hear news pieces like that, I have a little bit about mask wearing, but more about, you know, people's state of mind. Maybe he just had enough with all everything that's been going on. But that's no excuse. OK, it's no excuse for hitting anybody. It doesn't have to go that. Yeah. Like the worst um, news we heard in recently, because there have been cases in Xi'an. Um, I think there are still cases there. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And a video became viral on TikTok. It's of a, I think she's in, looks like she's in her 50s or maybe 60s. And she got into an argument with the security guard mm-hmm. outside the uh, community compound. As we mentioned here, um, the buildings and houses, they go in communities. And to go in there, you know, there's a gate. And um, it, it's uh, because there are cases in Xi'an, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. so everybody is supposed to be wearing masks. And this lady, when they, when she was filmed, she was wearing one. Uh, maybe they got into arguments over other issues, like other regulations. But she, she was, like, pretty mad. She's like, don't tell me what to do. And then she starts saying, she's like, I am no ordinary commoner. I am special. <laughs> I, and then she's like, I, I lived in the United States for seven years. Oh, no. So you people, like, stop telling me. Da, 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 da. I think people stopped listening after she said that. And I feel bad for, for you know, for the U.S. and people in the, for Americans, because I, I don't think that has nothing to do with uh, her behavior. It's not like, you know, Americans just 
don't want to be told what to do in, in cases like this. Um, she just felt like really privileged mm. and that, you know, talking to the security guard, um, refusing to, to be told what to do, even it's, if it's like a regulation or some kind of uh, pandemic control um, method for everyone in the community. Mm, mm. And of course, you know, it went viral. Um, and I think she was maybe detained for a few hours or somewhat like that. But she was certainly educated online. Now she's popular. <laughs> Everybody <laughs> knows her. <laughs> that happened in, in China to a couple of foreigners recently. They also were like, hey, they insulted the tester people. This happened in the last week, oh, two I different cases. This one. So both of, mm. yeah, two different cases. One of them was the fired two, from their okay. job like the next mm. day because it went viral and they're like, oh gosh, you embarrassed It was pretty so embarrassing, I have to say. Yeah, yeah. It was some harsh language used and like people are not used to that. Like, you know how like sometimes even to be cool, right? People will use these four letter words, right? In the States. Mm. Sometimes it's it's like, they, they like talking like that. And if it's your friends or family, people who know you, then no, you're kind of excused. But those words here in China, they, they're very, very harsh. And people are not used to that. And have you also, been into Beijing, was, Texas? Oh, but that's, <laughs> <laughs> I have, but they don't, at least they don't talk to me like that. Yeah, yeah, they're calling through the window to someone probably, else. <laughs> probably. So, I mean, like in, in, in its own culture, people understand that they don't take it so literally. Mm. But I think this video that I saw, this guy, uh, he was really t he was pretty tall. Like he he was wearing a mask, but he was uh, being really rude to mm, the person, mm, mm. Um, like gi either giving the new click ASIC test or something. Yeah. Um, and it just sounded really harsh. It's just like I mean, I mean, the medical workers are there to help you, right? Yeah. They're trying to, and they work really hard. Well, actually, that reminds me of something. I'm here in Wuhan and, you know, Wuhan has changed its moniker. Apparently, Wuhan's moniker used to be City of Lights, oh. which and if you stand on the bank of the river, mm -hmm. all of the buildings light up like it's just I mean, literally, like all of the buildings are on like the same light show. And so you can have them all turn pink huh. or red or like there's like colors and birds flying across the entire like city because they're like flying from one building to the next. That must sound so it's beautiful, weird. Beautiful. <laughs> but, but they, because they did such a good job of stopping mm. COVID here to where it was like it, they had the big lockdown and now there's mm -hmm. no COVID at all. Like, you know, within a couple of months, it was just completely eradicated. Right. They renamed the city city of heroes. So oh, to yes. a lot of people in China, these front, line workers, nurses, doctors, and mm. community workers who are making sure that no one spreads COVID are heroes. Mm -hmm. So for like the the foreigner, the expat who was insulting these people, because right. he didn't want to have to like open his phone to show his like oh, green is code, that what it was? you know, to uh -huh. the shows that he doesn't have. I think that that might be what it is. That's very insulting because a lot of people have taken to thinking of these community workers as like heroes. Right. They, they do work really hard and they are working for public, for the public good mm. and i mean showing the green code it takes like 30 seconds it's just like wearing the masks it's no big deal to be honest yeah like i'm i'm not saying it's no big deal just because well i believe you know it's it's, it's no big deal and that's why it was very odd um at the start of the pandemic like when he traveled to other places in the world yeah. but of course we don't really know exactly where it originated from the very beginning but it was found out here so when we we heard news pieces from 
outside China that there are people who simply refuse to wear masks mm. or they will actually go into protests or even, you know, mass gatherings to go against this policy. Mm. We were like pretty shocked. I was pretty shocked. Yeah. We're like, you were too? Like, I wouldn't, I wouldn't want to go to that trouble. <laughs> even if they pay me to do so. I, I talk to my mom uh -huh. pretty regularly. I talk to her pretty. She's terrified of it because, you know, she's like an, of the right age where if she were to get COVID, it could potentially mm. threaten her very life. So for her, it was like she always went out. She was always very careful. Good, she always nice. wore a mask mm -hmm. all the time. And like she was telling me these stories of people getting really angry in grocery stores and things and like refusing to wear masks and stuff. Mm. And it's no wonder that it's not under control there. But what is the the actual problem, though? Because if you explain that, like, say, to um, a lot of Chinese people, like most people I know, like, we just don't get it. Like, what? why? It doesn't really hurt to wear a mask. There's more than one. So well, there's a several arguments that uh, some Americans make about it. So one of the arguments is that it inhibits their ability to breathe well. Mm. So they're like upset about that. And they view it as a personal freedom issue. So it's like they don't they should they feel a lot of these people feel that they shouldn't have to do something that infringes upon their own abili ability to take care of their own mm. body. They feel like it's uh, incumbent upon other people who don't want to become infected to protect themselves and that they can't be made to do something that they don't want okay. to do. So they it sounds to me a lot like people who are looking to cause trouble and they're like agitating because it seems, yeah, more and more people are getting vaccinated finally in the United States to where it's like enough people that they can actually get a little bit of control over what's going on. Mm -hmm. So like mm -hmm. that's positive. Seems seems like people are coming around to the idea that they owe their community like their mm. the safety that not being a transmitter yeah, brings. Yeah, because um I mean for personal freedom, we hear that a lot, but personal freedom comes with personal responsibility, right? For us the understanding is we're wearing the masks not just for myself. Um, I'm doing it for my family and for other people. And then it's just good for everybody. But just to clarify, it's um, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. like we don't always wear masks. I think here the policy, um, uh, normal times, the policy is that you need to wear a mask when you are on public transport. Like if you're, you know, riding on the bus, the subway or in a cab, or if you go into elevator. the shopping mall, yeah. elevator. Yeah, things like that. And you're supposed to wear them. But I don't think, um, at least not now in Beijing, I don't think people wear them, say, while they are in their cubicle working. But when you go on a subway, you do have to put them on. So it's it's not like, you know, 24-hour thing. And But if you're in a high-risk area, I mean, now people don't, let's say in Xi'an now, when, where there are cases, you don't really need people to tell you because <laughs> people get pretty nervous when there are cases. Yeah. As I mentioned a couple of times before, Mm, I think in general, you know, um, most Chinese people don't like to take a lot of um, mm. uh, risks and to go without a mask in a high risk area. That's like taking a risk. You know, it, it's not a call about I have my personal freedom. It doesn't matter. <laughs> you know, like in this case, I, it's it doesn't really uh, hurt my personal freedom. Well, I can still do the things I want um, just with my mask on. 
Also, wearing masks allows people to not wear masks. I know that sounds a little strange, but like... Well, eventually. Yeah, yes. eventually, because yeah. there were periods of time where there were zero cases here at all because right, right. it was handled so well by everyone working together as a team. Mm -hmm. There was no COVID at all. And so, you know, the, mm. the worry about like going to a public park or walking around on the street outside, it was like, okay, you mm -hmm. know, if you're outside, you don't have to wear a mask during those periods of time mm. when which there were right. there were no registered cases in your, your city or your province or in the entirety of China at all. Mm -hmm. So there was actually more freedom to like not have to because everyone had already worked together right. as a team. Well, I mean, if we want to go into the definition of freedom, I mean, we can do shows after shows about that. It, it will even get philosophical. But I think sometimes the understanding <laughs> of uh, the word freedom might be a little different. There will be overlaps, but um, I, I think like how people think of it um, in the U.S., there is a lot of um, a personal uh, side of it, right? A lot of things are considered personal freedom, like a personal space. Mm. I think over here, um, people think of freedom as in a, in a broader sense, I think, right? Like the freedom of being safe. I think most people I know here would think that the freedom of being safe, to, to, to have the freedom in a, to live in a safe place is so much more crucial I mean, it's more than that important. It's crucial than whether or not I have the freedom to, you know, not wear a mask. Mm -hmm. It's just like the importance of these two things are not on the same level. Like if you were here to you want to engage somebody in the talk about, you know, why you should not wear a mask about your personal freedom. I don't think people will give you the time. They're too busy for that. Like <laughs> they don't want to spend time discussing that because it's just not worth it, you know, in my opinion. Um, but I want to talk a little bit about. Uh, Xi'an, mm -hmm. because uh, right now they do have cases. Mm -hmm. um, and I think it was a little bit, It's I think it's a bit more serious than we expected because usually just, you know, a few cases pop up mm -hmm. and then it'll take a few weeks for things to calm down. Um, this time it might be a little more challenging. So I do have a, um, well, I guess she's my, well, she's my daughter's cousin. Your daughter, so your niece? And she lives in Xi'an. <laughs> I guess. Yes, my niece. <laughs> so she lives in Xi'an. And I think um, her community is in some form of lockdown. See, the word lockdown sounds too serious. Mm -hmm. It just means that there are uh, restrictions, right? And now... Uh, every day or every few days, she just, you know, just yesterday, she posted some pictures of the vegetables or groceries mm -hmm, mm -hmm. that volunteers brought over uh, to her apartment. So it was like a whole case of, um, uh, I think there was Chinese cabbage, there was mushroom, cucumber, and a little bit of meat and eggs, everything. It's like, you know, mm -hmm. and all nice and fresh. So because she can't, uh, for a period of time, the residents in that community are not supposed mm -hmm. to go out and buy things. So the um, the volunteers of, of the community will deliver to your door um, all the things that you all need. If you need extra things, you can just tell them. Um, so it's, you know, it's very convenient. And like a lot of people use this time, a period of time to brush up their cooking skills. <laughs> <laughs> I, I remember when the pandemic first hit, like that's uh, about almost two years ago. I think all the uh, online shops and local grocery stores ran out of um, like this kind of flour for making cakes. Mm. And it depends on what went viral um, on, these, uh, on these video sites. Like if one uh, video of um, cakes, making cakes got popular, 
then flowers and related things will be sold out like in a few days. Mm. <laughs> and if something else gets popular, you know, people will all buy that and cook them at home. Well, my experience yeah. when they had the first lockdown, I was living in Beijing. Mm -hmm. They closed off the area around our community and we were only allowed one of us to go outside every couple oh. days to get food. But there was no shortage of food whatsoever right. at any time. Mm. And if anything, the stores were more stocked than ever because mm. everyone was dependent right. on the local store. So the local store had more options than they had ever had. Mm. I read these weird articles in the West weird. where they say all these weird things about like what's going on in China and how people are having difficulty getting food. And it's like, it's not like that at all. I don't know where these people no. are getting their, their missing. Are they making up information <laughs> or is someone over here, like some expat over here telling them the wrong information? Yeah. Cause it's not like any of the, st the BBC is one of the worst about this. Mm. They're constantly just throwing these like stories to, I, I don't know how, how they call themselves journalists. Yeah. Just completely inaccurate information about what's going on over here. And they're not, doing themselves a favor here because, um, you know, Chinese people are pretty nice in general, right? Mm. Especially if you show them respect, they will, you know, uh, respect you right back, show you respect mm. right back. But mm. I think a lot of these um, BBC journalists have done so much damaging. So I, I don't think they're doing themselves um, a great favor here by reporting these fake news. Uh, mm. I don't, they get a kick out of it maybe, but uh, they've, they've been doing it so much so that uh, the general populace, they're, they're not happy with this, you know, uh, in China. Like, why would you do this to us? You know, if you're a journalist, you're supposed to find out the truth, right? Mm, and tell mm, people about mm. the truth and not, you know, taint everything on purpose or twist things. It's just, it gets so ugly. I remember a few months ago, this, um, there's in this video, I think there was a journalist. I don't think he was from BBC. He was probably from someone else. Uh, he was trying to interview people on the street. But then these people who are, you know, normally very nice when it comes to, um, you know, seeing foreigners, mm -hmm. they were not happy because they thought he was a journalist from BBC. Mm. And so they they kind of um, asked him, so why would you do this? Why would you say all those you know, fake things uh, about China. And it's, um, if they keep doing that, they're, they're not going to be very welcomed by the people here. So yeah, just mm. a side note. Hmm. One of the things that amongst the expats, we have our own like way of talking in China, especially when it's just us around. Mm -hmm. And most of the people that I know here are really thankful that they are here during this period because mm. while the rest of the world, people are like, I have, I'm sad to say it, they're, they are dying off and like, you know, mm. they're, they're in a lot of countries around the world, there are just massive casualties. That's not been the case here mm. at all. Mm. We've been able to like completely be protected from the insanity going on in some of the other places of the world where people are like right. letting it spread by not working as a team, mm. by not wearing masks and not getting vaccinated at the appropriate times and waiting for it to be argued and argued and argued before they realize, oh, I should probably go get a vaccine. Mm. Whereas in here in China, it's just like, I don't feel any like bit scared at all. If there were a case mm -hmm. here, then they would just be like, okay, let's, we're going to take these extra precautionary measures. Right. I was, right. I was living in Beijing and I think it was, uh, Feng Tai had a couple cases. It was just a couple. Like mm -hmm. I was like, not that concerned because, you know, immediately they just closed down a couple of communities and, mm -hmm. and, and after three or four weeks, it was like, okay, everybody, everything, right. everything's fine again. And they didn't shut down the whole city. They just shut down parts, right. parts of Feng Tai, like strategically. I think it's all, off a few areas. 
scary. Rather scientific. Yeah. They found out the most efficient ways to do things. Mm. Like one time, um, this in my neighborhood, um, they thought there were cases because someone with the positive maybe traveled here. So the few community communities in this area, we had to get tested, and it was all very efficient. I remember we it was walking distance from here the test site. We walked over. And it was a nice walk, you know. At night, um, took us like ten minutes to get there, and thousands of people. I think at least that hundreds and thousands already lined up,、mm. and they tested us by tens.、Mm -hmm. Like so, um, ten of us would,、uh, you know, do a tongue swipe,、mm -hmm. and then they put ten of these uh Q-tips into one test bottle, something like that.、Mm. So basically, they instead of doing individual tests. They do it by tens, at least、mm -hmm. the time that I did it, because there's so many people. So basically, they、um, made it much more efficient. They made it well ten times、mm -hmm. more efficient. So if、um, any of those test results、uh, turn out to be positive, they will just find out those ten people and then do individual tests. But of course, nobody、mm. was.、Um, it was just safety、yeah. precaution. But I, I, I always thought they do it one by one. But in cases, some cases they do it, you know, multiple tests in in one batch. Well, as a kindergarten teacher, I've had to be tested. I don't know four, five times or something. Okay. So each time that I've been tested, it's been just my own、mm -hmm. individual test. I've had to line up and stuff, and it's really efficient.、Right. We thought, oh gosh, this is going to be lines and lines and lines. So we showed all showed up early. All the kindergarten <laughs> teachers. I we, see. We, we, we knew the place opened at six a.m. So there were like there were fifteen kindergarten teachers standing there at six a.m.、Wow. Wow. And then, wow. like, so responsible. It took no time. We were in and out in like、right. five minutes or something. It was like, oh, okay, well, we, sh we're, we shouldn't have gone so early. <laughs> was, we were watching.、Now. I was watching afterwards, and you know, there was no line after we got out. There was still no line. It was like, so、okay, that's one. I guess when every when everybody works together for a common purpose, things go very smoothly. Right, it's um, it's not as daunting a task as you think.、Mm. Um, if people don't make trouble, and I think I'm very thankful that um here、uh, in China we feel like there is an understanding between, let's say, the state, right, and the people in in many aspects. Like there, there have been no um, there is no need really for discussions about, let's say, whether or not. Um, you should wear a mask, like while you're in public,、mm. right? We don't need to lessen a lot of people or argue about it. People just say, okay, yeah. Then yeah. you know it's not a big problem, and then I'll go buy a mask. And maybe there are more problem at times finding masks at the beginning,、mm. but other than that, right? There's an understanding of why we're doing this,、mm. and when it comes to testing. You know, you get thousands of people lined up together to do tests in one night, but you don't see fighting. They know why they're doing this.、Mm -hmm. You know, they're doing this for their for their mom and dads, for their kids, for themselves,、um, so that we know what's going on. So we don't waste time like arguing or fighting or why we're doing this. There's this understanding, and that saves a lot of energy and time. Besides, so well, for some people、that. in the United States, I think that's the same thing. A lot of people do have that. Oh, okay, this is a necessary step. Like my entire family,、mm -hmm. like I have a lot of. I have three siblings and my mother, and they when it was time to go get vaccinated,、mm -hmm. they didn't like. Oh no, what's this vaccine? They're like, okay, 
they, they all just got their appointments right. and went and got their vaccine. Mm-hmm. I was also just thinking, you know, how many vaccines do I have already? Like 10, 15 vaccines that I've gotten since I was a little kid. Yeah, Polio probably more. All these things. Yeah. It's so many vaccines. You don't even remember when you're like a child. They're just like, OK, it's time to go to the doctor. Mm-hmm. OK, it's time to go to the doctor again. Oh, OK. It's not, you know, when I went to college, when I went to university, they were like, oh, you need to be vaccinated for this, this and this. Mm-hmm. You can either prove that you have it or you can go get vaccinated again. Mm-hmm. And when I was thinking about going to Nepal a few years ago, I was thinking, I want to go to Nepal. And I mm-hmm. looked at how many vaccines I, I would need. And just for like your personal safety, you need like seven vaccines just to go there to be safe. <laughs> right. You know, like beyond the stuff that you would normally need. Did you give and up? So like, <laughs> actually, I, I did give up, but I got a couple of the vaccines. I was thinking, ah, most of these last 20 years, mm-hmm. I'll just get this one and that one. And then in a couple of years, I'll get this one mm-hmm. and that one. But eventually, you know, yeah. like so they, were, they were like, OK, we need to get a COVID vaccine. I was like first in line. I was like, <laughs> when can I go? I'll be there. And like I got my first two on schedule and then they said you need the booster. And mm-hmm. like I I made the earliest appointment I could get and I got it immediately. Mm-hmm. I don't think a lot of Americans understand what the resistance from like. Really? It's a fairly small amount of the population. About 30 percent of Americans were very, very, very resistant to getting the vaccine. Mm-hmm. And I think they constitute, you know, like a whole whole other paradigm of like or way of thinking than like Mm -hmm. normal normal people were thinking about the science of of getting vaccinated eventually you know most people seem to be getting vaccinated now finally Mm -hmm. in the united states and it's it's just awkward that it took so long and so much debate to get them to win these folks over to realizing that everyone needed to work together as a team that's right this is one of those cases yeah you got everyone (laughs) needs to work or he doesn't work yeah (laughs) Well, I'm happy you're sharing this because I think because of what we see in the news, right? Like I don't have to mention about what they say about China in Western in the Western media, but similar thing, but not to that degree, kind of happens in the uh, news here. Well, bad things make their way into the news, right? We don't see news pieces about you know Jason's mom going to <laughs> the doctor to get vaccine. <laughs> she was the first in line. Things like that just doesn't make the news. But if if someone makes a big deal about making you know wearing a mask or getting a vaccine <laughs> um, and hitting the police officer with a hammer, yeah. well, that will get you in the news. So you know we over here or you know people outside the U.S. When we see things like that, you know, we tend to exaggerate how often it happens. But, you know, everyone in your family, when they go out, they wear masks. Mm. They are sensible people. And I want people to, our audience also here in China to know that, you know, most people in the U.S. are sensible people, (laughs) just like us, right? Um, It's just in the news, uh, we see more outliers. But then... I guess the proportion of outliers in in this case, you know, when it comes to mask wearing might be higher. Too great for safety. Too great for safety. The the problem is because the proportion of outliers is so significant in the United States, Mm. we had a wave of deaths, you know, a massive mm. wave of deaths because people weren't simply not. There were people, like you mentioned earlier, go deliberately going to like COVID parties. And, and there are guys licking bathrooms. They were trying to get COVID. I know. Yeah, they're trying to get COVID. And some of these people, there are stories in the media, yeah. in US media, they died. They, mm. they went to these COVID parties. Ha 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 ha, I'm going to get COVID. And they're dead now because <laughs> they went and did this ludicrous thing like 
I don't know what you know what, baby, I'm going to go stand out on the road because I don't believe traffic is really <laughs> as deadly as everyone says. And I think if a car hits me, it'll probably just stop or something. So <laughs> right. I'm going to go to like a car driving highway like party. And that video was never finished. <laughs> we recovered uh, the camera from the relics or whatever. <laughs> And the saddest thing about all this is that a lot of people who lost their lives to this um, are senior citizens. Mm, I think I yeah, read it somewhere. Not, yeah, exactly. It's They brought it home to their, their own grandparents. Right, people over 83 years old. Um, and I think, you know, I want to explain something here because we, you know, we talked about why China has this zero mm -hmm. COVID policy. Because for a period of time, we think, why do we have to be so strict about it, right? I mean, human rights, it, the right to life. Exactly. So because I think we are uh, giving ourselves a tough time sometimes, you know, to do all those tests for thousands and millions in just a few days. Right? That's a lot of work. But then it, mm, it was a family mm. discussion. And um, um, and eventually, you know, I understood that in this case, it's either like zero or millions. I mean, it's mm, such mm, a mm. highly um, there are so many cities in China with such dense population like if you find one case that means there are already multiple cases out there right and if that's not stopped that means there will be hundreds and thousands and eventually it'll be out of control literally it'll be too much to be controlled so i think in the end i thought okay maybe that you know that is the only policy we can adopt and another reason why is uh, something i mentioned several times in our talks is the term Sun Lao Ai Yo, how we respect the old and you take care of the young, mm. right? Mm. I know that people, it's the same in every culture, right? We know that the senior citizens and the kids are the most vulnerable. Mm -hmm. But to be able to do that with your everyday actions, you no, know, it's not just talking about it, but it's in your bones, it's in your blood. You know, you you know that this is something you should do. So even though I am, you know, relatively strong or middle aged, um, but I know that they're young, they have a young daughter. So I need to take care of myself, right? be able to make sure that um, she stays healthy. Mm -hmm. And it's the same for people with um, elderly here. So, you know, in that family's discussion that we had, in the end, we decided, okay, yeah, it should be zero tolerance, because otherwise we can't not, we will not be able to protect our older senior citizens. And it's it will be hugely unfair to them. You know, they've worked so hard for decades taking care of their kids and their grandkids, and we can't let this happen to them, you know, in their old age. You know, I was reading an article, uh, a media source that was trying to kind of badmouth China a little bit mm. earlier today about zero COVID. And you know, I've read a couple of different articles over the last week of like that. And you know what really surprises me mm -hmm. is they always try to whip up controversy where there is not any. Mm. I have yet to meet a single person, a single Chinese person living here now today that is not happy that China has all of these policies and is working together to make sure that mm. almost no one gets sick. Everyone is super happy and satisfied. And yet all of these articles always have the weirdest like key messaging or, or like title to indicate that there's some sort of controversy about it. There is no controversy. What's their key point? Like, what are they picking on? Uh, I think it was people are angry that they're in lockdown in Xi'an. That's just not accurate. Like if there are there, they, no, they're like less than 0.001% mm. of the population or something, because every single person I know mm. is extremely satisfied with that. The mm. government is 
basically watching out for everyone and that everyone is watching out for everyone else. Right. So it's I just find it just ridiculous mm-hmm. that there I are mean, so many like media platforms outside of China misrepresenting the reality that people are unified here and people are really satisfied and, and happy mm-hmm. that they are part of a system that is working for everyone. Right. Like everybody responsible, not only for themselves, but also, you know, taking consideration of the safety of others. I mean, Jason, have you seen videos of people singing like in lockdown communities like you haven't their videos uh, in China like um, I think it first started in I'm not a big TikTok oh person. okay well <laughs> once you start it's hard to get out but I, I've seen some interesting ones like um so there will be like these lockdown communities like one neighbor would somehow like want to sing and he will like you know swing open his window and just belt out <laughs> like a um sometimes patriotic songs but you know they're also nice songs and then um like other neighbors from the same community but maybe in a different building will join in and and you know before long like the whole community at least the ones who are uh, who like to sing will join in and they will have their own light show you know like turning their fancy lights on and all that and, and moments like that i think it's just uh what's the word camaradership or something like that like you feel like yeah camaraderie like you're in this together and you know the reason for why Mm. um you're doing this together yeah and i thought that was uh some sweet moments an anecdote that's not really related to what we're talking about it's just barely related Mm -hmm. i was working a lot full time you know before the initial lockdown happened and my wife Mm. still to this day says her favorite time of our marriage so far was when the initial pandemic hit hit and we were basically stuck at home she was like i got to spend so much time with you jason every day it was like the happiest time of our marriage really so she was she was elated that i was stuck at home with her (laughs) For like, you know, I don't know, a month or two. I don't remember exactly how long it was, but she was so happy that I was just there all the time. Well, good for you, Jason. (laughs) I think you are an exception. See, it pays off to wash the dishes and clean the kitchen. I'm telling you. Um, <laughs> I'm, I'm, I think that's very sweet. You guys, you know, in Chinese, you know, we say um, you're just doting out dog food. <laughs> you know what that means? Oh, in Chinese? No, I don't okay. know what that means. It means that um, like you you are in a loving relationship. Let's say you are um, you live in a college dorm and you are like the only one who has a girlfriend. And, then, you know, you will come home and tell everybody how sweet your girlfriend is mm. and then they will be like doling out dog food mm. because they don't have it oh. and you'll be telling them how um tasty it is 
Oh, well, I'm sure that your, yeah. your your husband is a wonderful man, <laughs> baby. Well, he's he's not in the kitchen much, not doing the uh, the cleaning mm. or washing. But I mean, he does other things. Cool. Yeah, but very very good for you guys. Yeah. Anyhow, Anyhow you know, <laughs> we were talking about masks. <laughs> this 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 gentleman that we started talking about who uh, hit struck a employee at a lumber yard and then attacked the mm. police officer. You know, his case is a bit extreme. Yeah. But there like are it. like I'm not in America, so I'm not sure how prevalent this is, but mm-hmm. there are a lot of like incidents where people get into brawls and arguing in the United States about wearing masks where people are like, you know, I think it's not just that it's not just that there are brawls. Mm-hmm. I think one of the things that's disconcerting is people who work in like different retail, different industries. Mm-hmm. They have to be kind of the a police officer a little bit. Mm-hmm. So you're maybe you're working at McDonald's. Someone comes in without a mask. Suddenly it becomes your job to tell this person that they need right. to wear a mask. And I think for Americans, a lot of Americans, they're like, that's not in my job description. It's make, it so, makes them uncomfortable. Yeah, it makes them ways. uncomfortable. Yeah. Mm. So they're they're having to tell other people. Oftentimes, people who work in retail are younger. Mm. So a lot of these older, irate people are, like are telling them, I don't. Ha- yeah. Who are you, kid, to tell me I need to wear a mask? <laughs> I'll tell you something. And then yeah, I don't know. <laughs> yeah it's hard it must be very awkward yeah you know a lot of people are not returning to work in these kinds of industries and you know economists are trying to figure out mm. why are they not coming back to work and maybe a lot of it's about mm-hmm. just being uncomfortable with all of these anti-mask people making their life mm. difficult i think here in china usually there is a security guard Right. Let's say if you go into a mm, mall, mm. you are supposed to put it on before you go into the mall. Um, and then there's usually a security guard. Yeah. Uh, not armed, <laughs> but still they don't need to be armed. Right. Sometimes it's it's embarrassing for other people to mm, to mm, tell mm, you mm. that you broke a rule or something. I think that's maybe it's uh, part of it. It's um, mm-hmm. like cultural. Uh, let's say in Japan and also in China. You don't want to be the one who stands out, you know? The nail that sticks out gets struck. Right, exactly. And also, you don't want to stand out for breaking some regulations. Mm. <laughs> it's just embarrassing. Like, mm. the embarrassment you suffer from uh, being singled out for not complying to a set, like, a written regulation is so much more hurtful to that person than, let's say, a little bit of personal, right? So I think it's just a lot easier in cultures like this for everyone to comply to a set of rules that we know why it's there. You know, you're kind of actually reminding of the the cultural geography of Mm -hmm. China and the United States is very dissimilar because a lot of places in China are in like a mall, a small mall, a large mall. And yeah, yeah, you're right. When you approach the mall, the security guard's like, oh, can I see your green coat? Which just indicates that Mm -hmm. you haven't been exposed to COVID. You know, you're like, you've been Mm -hmm. been in safe communities and everything and you've got your shots maybe and whatever. And you so that you go in. And it only takes like 15, 20 seconds or something but in america Mm. that's not there's not a lot of malls actually Mm. everything's its own independent thing so if you're going to like a fast food establishment Mm. or a shoe store it's just street side almost always right Um, so yeah. that might be a little different. So you're not going to have as many as like just security guards standing at McDonald's, for example. <laughs> and it's probably like too much uh, for the shop or the restaurant board, its own security guard. Yeah. 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 Um, and also, you know, since we were talking about this, I want to pull back a little bit mm-hmm. uh, because I'm thinking about the different problems that like different countries face. So uh, whether or not one should wear a mask or whether or not one has the right to not wear a mask could be an issue in the United States, but it's, you know, it would not be an issue here 
Um, but China, you know, faces other problems, right? Um, I mean, China is a huge country uh, with such um, a lot of uh, large population mm-hmm. that it's just not easy to to manage. So I think, in a way, um, problems like mask wearing or a vaccine, it doesn't make the list um, mm-hmm. serious problems to tackle because in front of that list we have you know, mm-hmm. problems with economic transition, right? And also in recent years, a more hostile international environment. Um, and also we have uh, the problem of mm-hmm. national security because we border so many other countries. Mm. Like the U.S. is blessed, right, with its geographical location. It doesn't really worry about its own security, like someone attacking it from the ocean or north or south. But China always has that problem. And also now supply chain problems, raw materials, you know, how to support such a huge population and also the aging population and then how to become, you know, less reliant on the import of high technology or so how to get into higher positions in the global value chain. I mean, these are problems that the government, you know, the state and the people, they have to think about. And the list goes on, right? Mm -hmm. And you will have to search for a long list to find the problem of whether or not we should wear a mask. It just, it doesn't make it on the list. (laughs) We have so many other important problems Mm. to tackle. Like we just don't have the energy um, and the time to be debating about Mm -hmm. other things. So I think sometimes the media isn't there when it comes to, you know, reporting the different problems because different countries face different problems, right? The thing that you're dealing with might not be a problem in another country. And the problem that's no problem for you might be of serious concern for other countries. So it's hard to judge sometimes, Mm -hmm. right? Um, so, you know, I think sometimes Western media, they, they use their own judgment to, to measure whether or not something is, is serious or important for the Chinese people. But a lot of times, you know, the Chinese people and the Chinese government, they have reached a common understanding. They don't need to discuss these things. Let's just action time, right? Let's do what's right. (laughs) So Mm -hmm. I, I just wanted to bring that up. This is way off. I'm going back to the original story a little bit here. Sure. You know, no one's going to think that the, this man who assaulted the gentleman in the lumberyard, nor the man who assaulted a police officer, mm-hmm. is like fighting for their freedom. So uh, even the person who is like, I don't know if I want to wear a mask when I go into the grocery store, is not going to say, like, it's okay to like hit people with wood and attack a police. Yeah, a- be like, sorry, dude, you over- <laughs> overdone it. <laughs> yeah, I'm pretty sure that like the vast, vast majority of Americans are like, mm-hmm. yeah, this guy's nuts. So <laughs> he, he he should not be hitting people like in like right. attacking police officer. Apparently the police officer was trying to reach into his car huh. when the guy like hit him like and he was trying to stop the man from trying to escape when the man assaulted the police officer. Uh. But you know, like almost no one in the United States is pro like beating up employees and st- so like <laughs> well that's good to hear. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so obviously this case is a very extreme 
extreme example of someone who probably needs therapy. Yeah, I would I would say. Yeah. Yeah. Anytime. That's good for clarifying because uh, from some of the news that we've been watching, maybe more people are feeling less secure about, say, traveling in the States mm, mm. or uh, going abroad for higher education. Because, mm-hmm. I mean, the United States, um, it probably still is the most sought after destination for higher education, mm, right? Master mm, degrees mm. and PhDs. And that's great because there it has so much to offer. It has the world's best universities and it has the ability, it has the ability and also the the market, right, to train um highly professional people. And it will be very unfortunate if um people are less willing to go there. Uh, due to these other reasons, mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. and also blown uh, out of proportions by the media. Mm-hmm. So, well, I mean, well, thank you for speaking up for normal, sensible people from the United States, Jason. Well, I also think <laughs> the U.S. media operates like that. So, mm. it's in in China. It seems like the media is trying to present things as they are. And whereas in American media, if mm. I'm a journalist, my goal is to get readers. So sometimes, if you if you're like looking mm. at one of these really broad, like um, super media companies like Yahoo or something where it's just Yahoo newsfeed, they don't show all the words of the title. They show like the first mm-hmm. few words of the title and then there's like a dot, dot, dot where you can't. F- so sometimes they will start the title off mm-hmm. with the most provocative thing, even if it's completely wrong. Mm. So so that when you click, it's called clickbait. When you click into the article, <laughs> oh, okay, not as bad as you thought from the title. So like there's a kind of almost irresponsibility, like a way that mm. like media is trying to feed you the stuff that's going to make you mm. most interested in reading no matter what. Right. So this person who obviously, you know, is way out on the extreme in terms of their behavior is definitely not representative of like the kind of stuff that's going on. I mean, I think that mm. I, if I were a non-American person, I would probably be concerned a little bit about my safety going to the United States for a few different reasons Mm. and try to, you know, be careful about the couple of years that I spent there for my master's degree. Mm -hmm. But like, it's not as insane, I think, Mm. going in the United States as the media portrays it sometimes, because the media is not there to inform in America. The media is there to entertain and to like get clicks and likes and make money. Have people really thought about this? Have it, have people given enough thought about this? The privatization of the media. I mean, of course, right? You People have strong objections to government-controlled media, like completely government-controlled media. But then mm. is the other way around really that great? Right? As you mentioned, right? If it's, if it's completely privatized, if it's uh, completely market-based, then you would want to... Uh, grab people's attention and people go to extremes to do that i mean just watch some of these videos that people make right to get attention it's it's outrageous um but they're just following the market norm that's how you're supposed to operate you know if you want to make money i think because it's the first amendment in the constitution there's like it has a very special place that people can say almost anything they want in america and like that is kind of like mm, one of the right. core american values is just to be able to say almost anything unless it's they have very specific rules about when you cannot mm. they're very extreme like you can't be in, this is the most classic example you'll hear you can't be in a crowded movie theater and scream fire when there's not a fire because right. suddenly <laughs> there'll be a 
trampede of people trying to get out of the theater and crush smaller, weaker people. And so there's the consequences to that. But like generally, people are allowed to say pretty much whatever they want. And I think it is it is something that's debated. And and you you asked the question, is this something that they seriously consider? I think that it gets debated at like every high school, Mm -hmm. every university all the time. It's just one of those things that's very, a very core American value. Right. And I mean, it can lead to the internet being covered with disinformation. So Mm. you want, you want to learn about, I don't know, uh, airplanes, you're going to have to sort through Mm -hmm. what is real and what is not, Mm. what is made by some guy who likes airplanes versus what's written by like an aviation board or like Mm. by scientists or something or engineers. Right. Because like you, YouTube and like the news and media, it's all filled with so much wrong information. Information. You have to already. So much so that you can't tell anymore. You can, but you have to be so Mm. careful. You have to be so careful all the time, constantly vigilant, Mm -hmm. double checking your media by going to more than one source. Like otherwise you just end up in these, what do they call echo chambers of Uh. people thinking all the same thing and all confirming each other's misinformation, which happens to millions and millions of people all the time, which is, you know, kind of, kind of tragic. Um, not just for the media, but in in many other industries, I think the way uh, we like it here to find kind of a, a balance between that is to have a mixture of the private and the public, mm-hmm. right? Both for a hospital and for the media, uh, for education. There are, there will be companies or agencies, institutions that do this for money and they are, they provide great value. But then there also should be a part where something is just formal, right? Something where, where it's trustworthy. Mm-hmm. Um, where it's reliable, it might they might not make as much money, but they get the big things done. You mm-hmm. know, like providing healthcare to common citizens so that it's all affordable. It's not the most profit making, but you know, it's what people need. So I, I think for some crucial industries, a mixture of the two will work better than if it's completely privatized or governed by the market. I think that makes a lot of sense. There is there's there are some institutions in the United States, very small, minimal institutions that not a lot of people go to, like the public broadcasting, mm. the PBS. PBS. Yeah, that's that's, that's state sponsored to some extent. And that's mostly like just informational. And it usually is like on the trustworthy side of information. But very there are a lot of good kids programs. Yeah, but very few people actually mm. go to PBS. Yeah, yeah, like Sesame Street mm. and stuff. Very few people go there. Most people go to their provocative, you know, 24 hour news site to tell them what they mm. want to hear. <laughs> or how bad the world is going. Yeah. Yeah. It's 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 stimulating, but a lot of times in the wrong way. And mm. and they're mm. loaded with commercials. And I the- love PBS. I mean, you don't watch it. I mean you watched it like growing up watching it, right? There's so many good programs. Yeah. When I was a kid, I, I watched PBS all the time. And I know they have a radio mm. show too. And I think it's maybe it's 24 hours. I'm not sure. I used to work at the zoo. I remember listening to PBS. You worked because it was one of the f- not you worked at the I zoo? Worked, Doing yeah. what? Yes, I worked at the San Francisco Zoo. Oh, <gasps> In a cash room capacity, counting the money that the vendors made from selling like hot dogs. Oh, that's the boring part. I thought you worked with like animals. <laughs> no, I got to go look at the animals on my lunch break. Nice. Anyways, <laughs> my point was I was listening to the radio when I was in there because, you know, 
I, you can't look at something because you're counting money. Hmm. So like <laughs> I, I was running a counting money machine like all day long. So but I would listen to the radio. And I do think I remember listening to PBS because it was one of those sources. It was either that or like bad music hmm. or whatever, or like <laughs> some conspiracy theorist telling you about the Illuminati or some other nonsense. Hmm. So, <laughs> so like the PBS was one of the sources of like media that I remember. Yeah. Listening mm-hmm. to when I was in the States and it was it was fairly reputable. You knew you were listening to real experts who actually mm. knew what they were talking about. Who are responsible for their for what they're talking about. Yeah. And not just grabbing attention grabbing. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's just just too much of that nowadays. Mm. Uh, anyhow, all that from mask policy. <laughs> <laughs> I have to say, I don't mind wearing a mask that much personally. Like it never Mm. like personally, just me, like not outside of all the social like stuff. It's like, okay, I'm in an elevator, put a mask on. Big deal. Mm. (laughs) And also, you know, I've gotten used to wearing a mask because um, I stay home so much that sometimes I don't even wash my face. And then (laughs) being able to have the opportunity to put a mask on, it just hides the embarrassment a little bit. And also, like, for example, I I have, like, ever since wintertime, I've really dry lips and so dry that, like, yeah, I don't, I look ridiculous. Like, for the past few weeks, for some reason, like, around my lips, the the skin was inflamed. So I I look like the guy from, what, The Simpsons? (laughs) You know, that that yellow guy? Yeah, yeah. he has a beard, right? I think the the gray area is, is the beard, but I look a little bit like that. Beijing is very dry. It, Beijing it is, is super I dry. I know. Yeah. So it's um. As soon as you even think it might, the humidity might be starting to drop at the beginning mm-hmm. of winter. You have to use chapstick yeah, constantly, constantly, constantly. Yeah. So you know, I I looked so ridiculous that I was very thankful for the mask that I could wear. Um, I wouldn't <laughs> just be the odd one wearing a mask. So <laughs> so there are um good things about wearing a mask, and you get sick. Uh, less yeah you yeah, know i've noticed that not too. just from covid yeah, yeah i've noticed that too i was really wondering about this i'm not a scientist at all in any way shape or form whatsoever so i'm everything i'm about to say <laughs> just to be clear yeah, everything i'm about to say is the opinion <laughs> of this one person only but i was thinking like i wonder how many strains of like the common cold mm. might just have gone extinct because like it couldn't get transmitted anymore because uh. there were so many people wearing masks could it be that like we have like one or two because there's supposed to be like like hundreds of different strains of the common cold mm-hmm. when the wor- when Probably. the world went into kind of like a lockdown and lots of people started wearing masks and social distancing mm-hmm. Did we fight off some new strains or some old strains? Maybe there's a couple less common colds than there were. Probably. That would be good news. But probably <laughs> new ones will pop up. Yeah. Um, you see, I started to appreciate the fact that, um, you know, when I traveled in Japan, I noticed how all the bus drivers, they uh, like this is pre-pandemic. Um, I've been to Japan twice and each time I noticed that all the bus drivers wear a mask. Mm. They have their own like a set of uniform and they always wear white gloves and a mask, and also they have this headset mm. so that, you know, they uh, will report, they, they'll broadcast which station it is and say other things uh, because I can't really understand. But, <laughs> you know, at the beginning, I was like, you know, at that time still, I, I wondered why they, you know, were would wear a mask all day long, you know, as long as, as they were working. And now it makes perfect sense to me. <laughs> you know, the driver is uh, kind of stuck in this closed, um, mm. small in- environment. Yeah. For hours with a constant flux of different people, yeah. 
from like all over the world. It's one of the easiest and best protection he could give himself and to other people. Mm-hmm. And now this finally made sense. <laughs> but, you know, it's a, they were so smart to think of it. So I think that's a good practice that maybe we can all adopt. You know, I, I was going to say for school teachers, this might be a good idea, too. But then I guess sometimes you might need to take the mask down to for pronunciation reasons and things like that. And to make silly faces. <laughs> I'm sure you do. Oh, yeah. yeah. You know, we, we don't have any more time. Maybe we could squeeze that into oh. another episode. It sure. was very lovely talking with you, baby, as always. OK, uh, again, the end of the hour. All right. Well, thank you, Jason. <laughs> <laughs> and thank you, our listeners. Uh, we'll see you next time. Bye. Bye.